welcome to Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast that I didn't prepare an opening for until after I hit the record button. It's me. I'm Josh. That's him. He's John. Say hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John. And today we are going to be talking about Jay Wolfels? <laughs> Jay Wolfels Beyond Dreams Door, 1989. It's a whole lot of stuff. It sure is some things. But before we get into that, John, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm way over this fucking summer. The summer that marked the end of Earth. Jesus Christ, man. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, that everything's on fire, everything sucks. We were just talking um, that there is no such thing as cold water that comes out of the faucets anymore. Yes, as I as I told you, I, I took a shower last night because I was overheated. Because of the the zero hours I spent outside, I, I, just, I went to work for a little while, got, you know, it was hot because I had to walk outside a little bit here and there, but nothing strenuous i literally was just strutting you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> listening to the bg hey no i wasn't doing that i'm an idiot no oh, but anyways uh so yeah i was at home in the evening and i was just like you know i was planning on taking a shower right before i went to bed and i just was like man fuck this i need to take a shower right goddamn now because it was like yeah. with the ac blazing and a fan in my face it was 80 degrees in our apartment and fuck. I just was like, all right, fuck this. Took a shower, almost no hot water in the shower intentionally. And it was like, it was like the greatest thing in my life. <laughs> and uh, I'm still riding that high. How about yourself? Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm also done with this. Uh, my, I am the type of person that has a lawn now. And now I understand why you have to worry about a lawn. Because if you don't, then it makes your foundation bad. And my lawn is fucking dying because where I live, you're not allowed to use the water. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, fuck a whole lot of lawn. I, I was a homeowner for a while, and I yeah. uh, I loved owning a house. Uh, I didn't love paying for it, but I, uh, yeah. I didn't love all the uh, renovations that my demonic ex-wife, hello, <laughs> uh, got us to do, and... Uh, yeah, but uh, the lawn was my least favorite of all. Like, I was like, I don't care if I don't eat this week. I'm paying that dude to come cut the grass. Because I, oh, yeah. I fucking hate cutting grass. I hate it. Yeah, I, I cut multiple people's lawn every week from the age of, like, I want to say eight years old until I was in my late teens. And really? I hated every day of it. Um, and I just straight up won't anymore. Yeah, there is a, a very pleasant gentleman who mows my lawn for $30 every two weeks. And um, I that is the best money I've ever spent in my entire goddamn life. Oh, my God. I For a while, I was living with this girl, and we were leasing a house. And we were cutting our own lawn. I don't remember why I didn't spring for some fucking guy to cut the grass or whatever. But maybe I just didn't have it at the time. But so I was cutting it. And of course I would push it to the last possible moment every time yeah. I would cut it. And then it was 10 times harder to cut. 
because as you know, grass here is like thatch. Yeah. So, <laughs> so finally I got like a, a note from the fucking neighborhood where they're like, you know, we're going to start finding you. And I'm, I'm like, this place is a fucking dump. It's like a slum. Why do you care what my yard looks like? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I got I got one of those when we first moved in. Apparently, the weeds on the side of my house that I never look at had gotten too tall. And uh, I live in a neighborhood where there is a cul-de-sac that is overrun with cats, like, oh, wow. to a terrifying extent. And I have a neighbor, like, on the main, like, thoroughfare of our neighborhood, there is a neighbor whose fence has just straight up collapsed in, <laughs> and so you can just see their horribly overgrown backyard. I don't think they're paying any fees for HOA, but it's fine. HOAs can suck it. They're the worst. They can eat all of my balls. I fucking hate HOAs. They're, that's like that's like the seat of American fascism right there. It was... <laughs> It was just born and bred and nourished, and it's, like, fucking out of control now, man. <laughs> they just, mine just upped the amount that we have to pay per year because they wanted to, and they did, they rebuilt the pool house for the community pool and then also built a giant gathering space pavilion area. Fuck both of those things. I'm never going to dump my no. body into your horrible shit infested <laughs> pool. And I'm never going to gather people under a pavilion in this horrible hellscape that we live in. I'm never going to bathe in your urine tank. Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. I, the, the neighborhood that we owned a house in, uh, the HOA for that neighborhood still has wording that bans... Uh, Negroes from living there. Oh, um, fantastic! <laughs> unless they they live in a servants' quarters, which is separate from the house. That shit is still in the HOA like documents, like the legal whatever the fuck they call it. It got national news for a while, and when they asked the HOA about it, they were like, "You know, it's just it's a lot harder to change that than you think. It's a whole legal process." I'm like. No, the fuck it isn't. If everybody agrees, it's easy to change. Give me that shit. So yeah, I lived in a neighborhood that doesn't allow Negroes to live there. I was oh like, my God. are you fucking kidding me? What the hell? It was horrifying when I... I didn't even know the whole time I lived there. Because, of course, I never read the HOA stuff. HOA stuff Who fucking reads that? Yeah. Fuck those people. <laughs> now I wish I had joined the HOA and just become a total prick. And just... Go to every meeting and be like, nope. No. <laughs> Mr. Kramer, uh, we, that needs to be a um, unanimous vote. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Fuck that. A sundowner subdivision. Unbelievable. That, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. totally believable. It, almost entirely believable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It, it, is, it is a little bit cool that like we as a society came as far as we did so quickly but it's really not because progress happened fast it's that it took forever to get here and of course now people are trying to wind it back there was a i can't remember the title of it now it's been it's been like 200 books ago but there was a book i read last year it was a history book but it was like a it's like this book that was getting all this praise, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was looking at like it's one of those books that kind of revolutionizes the way that historians look at the history of civilization, and it really questioned like all these bedrocks that we have about how you know 
people people gathered together and and you know developed agriculture because it was easier and then they you know created these communities because it was easier and all this shit and he basically argues that it, it wasn't easier the reason they did it is because it granted a small cabal of people absolute power over the rest which is a very human desire and the proof is that we've been doing it for fucking centuries, like perfecting it year after year after year. It's like, wow, this is the coolest book I've ever read. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like I know what book you're talking about. I think it, it's something like the, the it's like an orange cover and it's like yes. blah, 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 humanity. Yes, that's it. It's, it's uh, I think it's 9,050 pages or something, but it's fucking, it smokes. It's so good. <laughs> Oh fuck yeah! I've had that. I've had that because, as a, you know, as a as a conscientious consumer yeah. that isn't actually like contributing to the horrible downfall of things, I had it listed in my uh, uh, Amazon uh, wish list. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's full of weird shit, like in you know, like uh, experimental belts and things that I just <laughs> I just stumble across. I'm like, you know, I've been wearing this belt for like thirty years, and maybe it's time to get a new belt. And now they have belts that are like tactical belt with a license. Yeah. You know, it's like, what the, f I just want, but okay. Those are kind of interesting. Yeah. Maybe I want one of those. Yeah. All that shit is this in my This belt head. turns into 500 <laughs> meters of repelling rope. <laughs> like my hair's really long now. So I'm like, I, and I have to put all kinds of shit in it or else it, it looks like this, you know? And so it's like, I'm <laughs> making a giant Afro sign folks. And, uh, <laughs> So I have to put, like, bottles full of conditioner in my hair just to get it to control itself for a little bit. And now I've discovered that, now that my hair's longer, in the back where it's the longest, the hair's all dry. And, like, I could put, I could put whatever I want in there, and it's just like, it's like a hay bale in the back. And so I'm, I'm like, on Amazon, like, I never thought ever in my life I'd be, like, best, best moisturizing conditioner for men's hair. I'm, like... I'm that guy now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be some bee palm oil. <laughs> I found some great shit. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, a movie. Woo! Jay Wolfel's Beyond Dreams Door. This is the first feature film done at the Ohio State University. The crew of the film, uh, the, it was a grand, brand new production class and uh that's why this happened so it's a it's a movie done at a university by a university for a university some you know some of the movies we cover are just standard movie fare you know there's a somebody pitches something to a studio and they get funding and blah 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 this is one of those movies that has a story behind it. it's like pretty interesting i mean you know a bunch of college students who just basically did a school project on 16 millimeter. It has absolutely no reason to be the quality that it is, but it's remarkably high quality for a 16 millimeter film. It's, it's and then like some of the camera tricks they use and stuff. I mean, they go a little overboard with the sound, but I would rather have <laughs> like that kind of sound than like a guy walking across, you know, broken glass and you can't hear anything like they really went for like the foley work and everything else it's it's quite yeah. a quite an effort 
Yeah, yeah, they, you can you can see that they tried their darndest. It's it's important to remember that this is, you know, a, a student production. So, like, everything that we say, keep that in context. But this is, like, surprisingly good. I won't say it's good, right. but it is surprisingly good for what it is. Yeah, um, let's be clear. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, they they put it out there that they were making it they were like i don't know how would you even get uh like uh people to distribute a film and it turns out that people are just out there actively reading it or it, in 1989 yeah. they were just actively like looking for anything and they got offers from a bunch of distributors they ended up going with one and that one was like okay your movie's really cool and stuff, but what if we threw a bunch of tits in there? That's so great. <laughs> Jay, open yeah. your mind real wide. I'm seeing everything you're throwing down at me, plus tits. Yeah. <laughs> your your runtime is a bit short. What if you just shoved in, um, I'm going to throw out a random number, uh, 180 seconds of full in-your-face tiny titties. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh uh, yeah. It's uh it's yeah, it's fine. I mean, you know, I'm not going to complain. It didn't need to be there, but that's all right. It it made sense in a way, yeah, you know. It's just, uh, it, his this... id, I guess, right? Or his subconscious mind. Yeah. His id go. Whoa. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the psychology stuff. I don't it either. can go fucking yeah, it can... and its mother. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't get the feeling that this movie actually knew its psychology stuff. It's it's under the auspices of a psychology professor in class, but I don't think they were working much in tandem with the psychology department at Ohio State University. No, as, as much involvement as the university had, that department was busy doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perhaps conducting a sleep study, I don't know. Prepping for the Jung Festival? I don't know what they were doing. Uh Oh my god. <laughs> I would go to that festival. It'd be so cool. <laughs> oh man, we're just gonna tell a story collectively. <laughs> you, hey, you guys wanna go into the collective subcon the collective unconscious ride? <laughs> it's funny because if you don't attend the Young Festival, you still in some way have attended the Young Festival. <laughs> you get extra credit for not attending and attending the Young Festival. I it's there. I'm a yeah, it's fine. Uh, any other cool trivia bits before we get into the summarization, John? Um, no, I think that that covers it. That was that was all the cool trivia bits. I will say this movie, and it's unfortunate, but this movie does share <laughs> some serious overlap with Intersect. <laughs> yeah, it it's got some strong similarities to a lot of the things that we've done. Uh, I I picked it because it was really cool after. The suckling and mm -hmm. after um, mm -hmm. Phantasm, this felt very on theme. I wanted to watch it after we did Skinnamarink, mm. but we didn't, and I don't remember why. Um, but it also has some some Hellraiser overlap. Mm -hmm. It's got yeah. uh, a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street overlap, and um, it, it much like uh, much like Phantasm, it has overt reference to another horror classic, It. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, with the with the yeah the mm -hmm. red balloon and the and the the sewer drain. I was like, where are we going with this? this is, <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. blatant. <laughs> it's, 
It's right there. There's just no clown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just a giant suckling. <laughs> and then also the weird, uh, what, what the movie with the bear monster, the mutated bear monster. Prophecies. In the, the, yeah, prophecy. Yeah. We've That's got some right. of that in here too. I did think of prophecy when we watched this. That's hilarious. And then also just a little bit of overlap with the movie that hadn't come out yet starring Harrison Ford, The Fugitive. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into it. John, why don't you kick us off? I'm going to kick us off. So the phone rings and um, it's for Ben. Uh, Ben is our protagonist and a high pitched voice douche. Uh, yeah. He's laughing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's tits. It's a basement. There's hands coming up. It's so arty. There's, it's a montage of artistic uh, devices. That's his dream world, apparently. And then we see calculus, and oh, Ben is sitting down at his desk. He's doing math with some horrible fucking child who's bothering him. Uh, kid's name is Ricky. You know, you assume it's his brother. It kind of is, and it kind of isn't. Uh, but anyways, Ricky's badgering him because he wants to play. I want to play hide and seek. And so, and that, that's where I put, I hope the kid dies. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> so they play hide and seek. The kid is just horrible. He's like, he's just like a little demon spawn, basically. And so anyways, Ben goes to hide and he hides in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And he's now, and then suddenly he's stuck in the closet. He can't get out. It's, it looks like it has like one of those uh, folding bed things that's like blocking him from getting out. It's like the convertible bookshelf that turns into a bed. I forget yeah. what those are called. But, anyways, yeah, he's stuck in the closet. He can't get out. There's this horrible noises. This goopy rubber, rubber suckling, <laughs> rubber suckling <laughs> monster is trying to get at him. While that little dick kid just sits there and watches with, like, this dead face. Um, and then this big monster rubber hand with all the fingers, like, swipes just about to hit him. He wakes up. There's sirens. It's uh, horrifying. And then he cuts to Ben. He's on the world's loudest typewriter, finishing his homework. Tap, tap, tap. Oh, my tap, God. Tap, I had to tap, turn the volume tap, down. Tap. <laughs> It's just like ringing through my brain. I get it. He's on a typewriter. Jesus. He's going at about five words per minute, too. Oh, Lord. So he whips that out, crams it in his bag, which really bothered me, too. Like, do you not know how to put paper in a bag? And then um, leaves the house, and he's off to school with his little backpack. He's going to college. I know he is literally a college student, but he looks like he's 50. And yeah. he just looks so weird with the, that backpack on his shoulder. I don't know. I, I'm still in college and I'm 55, so what the fuck am I talking about? Anyways, <laughs> there's more sirens. And he um, kind of semi-it, as I had mentioned. He sees a sewer drain that comes, you know, just draws his attention in. He kind of he walks towards it. And that's, that's all we get. Then we're at the university. And we are introduced to the teacher's assistant, the psych department's teacher assistant eric baxter who is chatting up some girl with excessively curly hair and they're talking psych yeah the new ta <laughs> like just a bunch of bullshit doesn't matter um the uh, 
this new student comes in who's like an old man and he's completely douchey and he's like he's all stressed because he needs to see his test grades because he needs to prove to some board that he's loan worthy that he can maintain or keep his grades up high enough to maintain this loan and he's completely stressed out about it he starts digging through the 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 tests he finds his test he's got an f he pulls a revolver out of his pocket and sticks the barrel into his eye socket while the teacher's assistant is just like, no, don't do that. That would be bad. I'm like, why is this guy? Okay, all right. Yeah. And and then um, he's just about to pull the trigger and then, ah, it's a big joke. It's a, it's a psych, psychological test. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, man, good one. Um, Eric is clearly not impressed, of course, because what the fuck? And it turns out that this guy is the, the professor, this professor Knox. Uh, we cut back to Ben. He's at school. He gets his test grade, which is an A minus. Hey, pretty good. Um, Knox is teaching the class this bullshit about psychosis and the story of a guy who has increasingly violent dreams, which seems to kind of trigger Ben, who is now having a waking nightmare with lots of exploding light bulbs. And what we see is basically a giant skinless, toxic fetus parents, like suckling parents in bed with the sheets over them. And it's a whole thing. He's freaked out. It's a very thing. (laughs) It's, it's so thing. And then, um, he, he sees that on his, his notepad or whatever for class, he, he's written, Beyond Dream's Door is where horror lies. Okay. Um, While Knox is, you know, jabbering away, um, he, uh, he's talking about the, this guy that had this, it's like Mr. White or something that had these horrible dreams and that these dreams summoned a demon from his nightmares, or at least that's what the guy believes. And it turned him into some sort of like catatonic dickwad. And this is all like resonating with Ben, who after class approaches Knox and says, um, hey, I wrote this dream down that I had and I I want you to read it. Because if there's anything in the world that's fascinating, it's someone else's dreams. So, oh, man. (laughs) So he hands this off to Knox and, you know, great. And uh, we cut to Ben again. He's now in the school sleep lab with Julie, the curly-haired girl. Um, and then we see, it just cuts to his dream, I guess, already, and he sees, like, the red it balloon. Uh, it's It flo- floats up into the sky like it slipped out of his hand, but poor little Ben as a child is so very sad because he lost his balloon. Then she locks the doors, turns the light out, so, like, all that shit happened before he even started the study. It makes no sense. She gives him this purple sleeping pill, he takes the pill, immediately falls asleep, and then there's more light bulbs explosions, and another naked lady, um, uh, and she's like, "Hey, <laughs> why don't you come to bed?" And so her voice, and then then she's like, "Yeah, come to bed," <laughs> like demon voice. <laughs> Ben's back in the closet. Apparently, I don't know why, because the monster attacks him again and smashes the door. <laughs> And then we cut to Ben. He's in his own bed now. I guess the sleep study is over. Knox calls. He wants Ben to come over right away. 
It's like in the middle of the fucking night. And he like wants them to come over right away so they can talk about his dream. Um, while Ben's on his way, Knox sees the little demon spawn Ricky at the top of the stairs in his 1970s perfectly preserved house with shag carpet and weird multi-levels. And Ricky scares Knox, who pulls his gun out, which he keeps in his pocket at all times, even at home. And then the kid just vanishes. Um, okay. And then Ben arrives, and they talk a bunch of dream bullshit about chains of dreams that come one after the other, and all this bullshit. It's just a bunch of psychobabble nonsense. Uh, ben explains how, like, he and we're seeing it as he's explaining it, how this bug-eyed version of Ricky, which looks like half ping-pong balls, like silly putty to his face, um, those for eyes, uh, yeah. stabs Ben through the wrist with, like, this giant thing. I don't know what the fuck that was supposed to be. It was just a piece of, like, sharp wood. Yeah, like, just <clears throat> right through his wrist. And now these guys are both fucked because they have so much work to do. Uh, yeah, whatever. Right. Now we're gotta get to work oh on this dream shit. Yeah. Cut, cut to a basically like a basement library that has, you know, it's, I don't know, it was like look like a basement library basically. I guess it's some library at the school at Ohio State, and uh, <laughs> uh, they're now they're discussing this guy named White, who the professor had been referring to earlier in the in the class lecture, um, who apparently had, and this is the big line. This is supposed to scare you. He had, he turns, stops and turns as he, on his way out. He had the same dream 20 years ago. So light. And, and just to paint a picture for you here, Professor Knox has, everyone else, they did a pretty good job, but Professor Knox is where you can really see that the, whoever they hired to do the makeup department wasn't 100% sure what to do with this guy <laughs> because shit is just clumping off of his face the whole time. He looks terrible, which is why this next part of what happens in the movie is so satisfying. <laughs> um, so then this guy, White, appears... And explains his dreams to Ben. He's, he's like, oh yeah, uh, I forgot all of my dreams. And so all of this stuff was a punishment for forgetting my dreams. And he says, it kills everyone I ask for help and leaves me there to walk through the blood. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, the pink monster catches up to Professor Knox, who went to do a thing and chomps him almost to death. White explains that it takes the victims and hides them in the nightmares and that if enough people knew, someone could probably stop this from happening. Right. Just then, a mutilated Professor Knox squishy blood crawls up to Ben to bring him the book and just then, the pink bear beast appears out of nowhere and squeezes Professor, Professor Knox's head to death. It looks pretty good. That was a, that was a cool effect. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The practical effects in this movie are like, I, great job. Yeah. Like y'all, like it's low budget, but y'all right. did it. Right. And, and I'm, I'm glad for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now the annoying humming balloon. That's yeah, that's right. The, the balloon is going. Um, 
It appears around Julie and leads her upstairs before escaping into an attic for no good reason. Uh, then Julie is like, nah, okay, whatever. And she goes to review the tapes of Ben's sleep experiment. Then the balloon reappears and she hears the pink monster outside. Uh, when she turns around and the balloon is there, she reaches for the string and it, the balloon pops and splay, sprays blood everywhere. Uh, then from outside, we can hear the pink monster laughing from inside the sewers. <laughs> Not like some sort of clown or giant spider or anything like that. No, no. Now, da damn you for thinking that. How dare. <laughs> um, ben finds the book with some of the pages ripped out. Um, then we see a janitor with two prosthetic hooks for hands. Uh, bops up some blood that had just been left in the library. Uh, ben goes to talk to Eric since the professor never showed up to school that day. Ben describes a warehouse to Eric. Eric is like, oh yeah, I know that place, and takes him there. It's an actual warehouse that he's been dreaming. He's like, oh, you know how deja vu works in a movie. Um, then while they're there, Eric spots something on the ground. He picks it up and puts it in his pocket. It turns out it's bear claws. Uh, ben inspects the cement trap doors, which why wouldn't you have giant cement trap doors that can only be opened with chains? <laughs> and a massive okay. pulley. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, great crane system. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Julie calls Eric and asks him to come to the lab. She mentions that last night she had weird dreams about a balloon. Uh, while this is going on, Ben finds a page from the book in a pile of dirt with rocks arranged around it that say Demon's Weight. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and then as he's looking at these cool rocks, the page flies away and he chases it through the air. It leads Ben to a tunnel. He then was about to pick up, he had a wallet that he found on the ground, his wallet, <laughs> someone grabs it out of his hand, he chases that person into the tunnels, turns out it's a future himself with a cool scar on his face, uh, and he tells him, don't lose that piece of paper in your pocket, and he says that forgotten dreams that are rotting and going insane are after him. At this point, the pink monster uh, bear and the tits girl chase him out of the tunnels, <laughs> Um, then Julie <laughs> shows Eric a video of Ben having nightmares and saying, I can't feel anything. I can't feel anything. <laughs> uh, and, and to this, Eric says, I'm going to go get a drink of water. Um, while he's drinking from a water fountain, paper airplanes assail him and he like dotted line E.T. like reese's pieces his way with a line of paper airplanes all the way up to the hook-handed janitor who is mopping up water and he's like where's this water coming from the janitor is like it's raining and he's like it hasn't rained in a long time and then the janitor's hook hands fall off and he's scared and eric runs away it's so weird <laughs> it's like what what just happened <laughs> And, and why? And we will never know. Nope. It's just all very visual. Yeah, um, yeah. At this point, everything in the building gets spooky, and Eric and Julie run away. Uh, the Yeah, they, they, they get outside. 
And she's like, where's your car? And he's like, it's not close enough, wherever it is. <laughs> not close enough. So they go to her car instead. Great. They they yeah. kiss. And it's like, well, okay, wait, what? Julie kisses Eric. And like, right up until that moment, I thought it was like some sort of paternal teacher, you know, assistant or assistant and assistant's assistant, you know, like mutual respect type. No, they're fucking. So... Yeah. Which I should have known, but, you know, it, they just, he's such a fucking dweeb. And there's no chem- chemistry between the two at all. Like, they don't even write any in. So all of a sudden they just, it's like if someone just starts making out with their dad out of nowhere and no one says anything about it. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, sure. No, oh, yeah. Oh, good. Use tongue. That's fine. And then, yeah, she, yeah. She's like an adorable uh, 1989 college student. And he, yeah, he looks like he's a a beige slacks dad guy. And then now they're like shoving tongue. And it's like, no, please don't. (laughs) And then she leaves. She takes off. They split or or she split, whatever. Who cares? Um, At home, she parks in, in her garage and she finds a little note. That her folks are over at grandma's until tomorrow. And she's like, oh, I get to have a house to myself when I don't want it. <laughs> and then um, the car door opens itself and the um, rubber suckling is in the back of the car, back behind the back seat. Great. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Eric is now reading up on animal behavior because he's a psychology teaching assistant. And he drops the uh, bear accoutrement, uh, the uh, claw. And I think there's a tooth in there, too. But anyways. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, which made me think, you know what? Somebody that made this movie or that was part of this movie had that shit. Like their great uncle hunted bear or some shit. And they were like, these look creepy. You want to use these in the movie? So, <laughs> I love that he smells them too. He's like looking at them, like I think this is from a bear, and then he gives them a good old snifferoo. It's so I love how obtrusive he is when he picks them up in the cement dungeon, whatever that room is. Um, yeah, and then later he's got the tea, so he drops them by accident into no, he doesn't. He drops them on purpose into a jar. Great, <laughs> by accident, idiot. Okay, so Ben is back. He's dreaming again. That's Ben. He's kissing tits. He's, you know, yep. he's having a great time. She tells him that he's next. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. We cut to Ben, who is now chasing some guy across an, an abandoned, like, building. Like, a whole area with, like, an abandoned building. And, you know, like, it's overgrown and all this shit. And, uh, you know, like, that, that area that kids play in, in in neighborhoods when you're growing up that no one else goes to. One of those kind of areas. So he yeah. chases a guy. He ends up into some yard full of, like, zombies like walking dead type people with in white face i guess you would call them they look like yeah they look like buto dancers or something um anyways um so ben follows eric upstairs there's more zombies just wandering around inside the house it makes no sense it's just dream shit i guess uh down into the basement full of zombies um excuse me what and then um that's yeah, weird and then Eric warns Ben. He finally catches up to him. Eric warns Ben and then melts-ish in a shower that pops up. I Yeah, I was just like, what is ha-? I think this was the point where I was like, you know what? I'm done with the dream shit. Like, this is, yeah. this makes no, f- I know it's, dreams don't make any fucking sense. And we try really hard to, to 
attach meaning to them because they're it's like an alternate reality for us. I get it. But in this movie, it's just a bunch of horse shit is what is what is what it is. <laughs> it's just a bunch of fucking horse shit. So <laughs> Ben gets all poetic all of a sudden. He's like uh-huh. rifling off this this dream bullshit. Uh, we see demons, and we hear his little whiny fucking voice reciting this poem thing. It's horrible. This is the low point yeah. for me. Then we get more arty, kind of like trying to be arty, trippy camera work. Like, oh, we're getting A's. It's that kind of that kind of <laughs> stuff. So then we cut to Eric. Now he's looking at um, ceiling art bells. I don't know. It's like an art bell chandelier. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is. It's all jingly, and he's looking at it. It's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, he gets yeah. he gets some water. Uh, jar fills with blood. Okay? Yeah. That's, I believe, the tooth jar? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah, bear tooth jar. Yeah, bear tooth jar fills with blood. Eric uh, sees Julie show up. She shows up in a lovely white dress. It was very nice. Um, and and then suddenly the, te- the creature, not the teacher, <laughs> the creature shows up. Fucks Julie up. Rips her fucking head off. <laughs> yep. Um, Eric is a little bit upset. Uh, he's calling for Julie. You know, this is, yeah, I don't know what's going on. He calls for Julie. No one's home. Um, white-dressed Julie, you know, who was just beheaded, visits Ben in his little wee child bed. And another movie where, like, a full-ass adult, full-grown adult man lives in a child's room. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, that's that's like a real common thread in these movies. Um, yeah, she's she's knocking uh, she's knocking at the door, you know, trying to get help. Um, it's Julie, you know, she's begging him to help her. It's all a bunch of shit to try to lure him in. Uh, more arty camera work, and then Ben parks his car at Julie's place. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Like, things are overlapping that don't make any sense. And it's not done in, like, a cool, trippy way. It's just a series of un- un- disconnected bullshit. Um, it's, it's a real, the movie's pretty much out of control at this point. Uh, yeah. He goes to her room. He sees Eric outside, who says, too late, I guess. I don't know. I just was writing shit down because I don't know what the fuck's going on at this point. Yeah. Her head is in the yard. Okay, so there you go. Um, they leave the, together, and then Demon Julie comes out to lure them back. And dumb fuck tries to get out of there, Eric, but Ben stops him. Like, out of nowhere, Eric's just like, uh, I gotta go. And <laughs> I'm done. And then Ben's like, no, you bitch. You know, like, we got the rest of the movie to make. <laughs> So, um, back at Ben's place, the demon is waiting for them. So, they go back to Eric's place. Because, you know, demon's at Ben's place. Uh, the door's open, and Eric goes, That's weird, I don't remember leaving the door open. Why the fuck would you leave the door open? Of course you don't remember leaving the door open, you twat. I, I, I love that kind of shit in movies where no one says, Hey, wait a minute, why the fuck would he leave the door open? It makes no sense. Of course he doesn't remember it, because if he's anything semi-normal, he close a fucking door. Okay, anyways. So, yeah. the bleeding to- now the bleeding tooth jar is broken. The teeth are gone, the, the claws, teeth, whatever. Um, and then he says, is it Eric? And he says, it's covering itself. Nothing can be left to show it exists. 
this is like the big conceit to tie the movie in, you know, that there's all the signs of this thing existing outside of dream of of Ben's fever disease dream world. Um, this thing's trying to get rid of them so that it can stay in our reality, I guess. Yeah. I, it, I don't know what the hell's I, going on. Yeah. <laughs> ben has some great idea that he's going to trick it back to, to where it came from, the hinged door in the basement, with the remaining pages or page or whatever that he's got from that stupid fucking magic dream book. Um, and then Eric is just like, I'm scared. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want to help. So it's basically on Ben. And like again, like what the fuck? Eric doesn't even need to be in this movie. He's completely extraneous. Yeah, he's um, useless. Yeah, Ben gets all brave, sets off to go to the cement room. Um, he gets there. He MacGyver's this like rope and chain pulley contraption into the hinges in the trap doors, like the floor hatch. The ropes break. Uh, we hear the demon growling. And then the handless custodian shows up, and he's all like, I'm tough. But then Ben tries to convince him to help. Why? I don't know. He's been nothing but evil. (laughs) He's been evil the whole movie. Why would you be like, I know you're evil, but could you just help me out here? Yeah. Um, Custode. Turn over here, please. (laughs) He and And then the custode turns into, like, the creature, I guess. Yeah. And then we, we cut to Eric... Who, he went home and took a shower. So I mean, he was he we needed a shower, which I understand. We've I get already it. discussed this. Yeah, yeah. it's hot. Um, a we see that we see the a drain with the manhole cover moved aside, and it's all dark in there. He sees he sees that freaks the fuck out, and then he's now fully dressed, and he's heading back to Julie's place, and we get this weird like couple of Wes Anderson style shots where he's like. Walking on a top of a hill with backlit with the sun, and there's no depth in the image. It's very Wes Anderson-y. Tilda Swinton's and, there. It's great. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's a guy with like a top hat and like this. I'm like, what? What is this? And then he gets back to Julie's place. Why did he go back to Julie's place? Because he forgot his fucking car. Yeah. He somehow he made it all the way home, but forgot his car. Yeah. Like. This guy's having issues. Like, I, he doesn't remember closing his door. He doesn't remember leaving his car at Julie's house and walking home. Yeah. Um, so he goes back, you know, walks through a Wes Anderson set to get his car. <laughs> Ju- Julie's old lady mother runs out to the car. and She's got her grandmother or whatever the fuck she is. She's got, like, the mom, the grandma apron, you know, like, and she's all, Hey, oh, hello, you should, Eric, you could come in. <laughs> I'll take no for an answer. And Julie's inside. So... He's, yeah, it's so stupid because he knows it's bullshit. He knows that this is like a manifestation of the demon. But his logic is, which of course we have to hear, is that it's safe because the sun's out. Yeah, from nowhere he's like, oh, well, the sun is out. (laughs) Yeah, so what could possibly happen? They go into the house and she's like, I'm going to go make lemonade. And he goes downstairs because in, you know, in Ohio you have basements. Yeah. And that's where Julie's room is. So he goes downstairs to see Julie at, at her door. He, he, you hear this, you hear his voice. Julie, I was so worried. <laughs> and then he opens the door to her room. It's 
bathed in sunlight just on a pine box casket and he's like oh no and then you hear a sound from outside and he goes to the door on the opposite side of the hallway from Julie's room opens that door there's another casket but this one opens up and the pink bear demon monster comes out of it I don't know why they needed two caskets but okay um <laughs> and then Eric sees Julie's mutilated corpse which looks spectacular like they did mm -hmm. a again really good job on that mm -hmm. um his mom uh, her mom is like yeah thanks and you see her she's like washing her hands on her apron but it's all just like covered in blood and horribleness outside now julie is in his car she tells him he's dead he just doesn't know it yet he runs he comes across the book you know that one um mm. and and the book starts whispering to him and so he kicks the book but then it turns into a really fucking kind of awesome um i want to say uh like ash versus the evil dead style uh toothy flesh book that chomps down on his foot and is like trying to eat him while all of a sudden now julie reappears at the top of the steps and he reaches out to her for help and she's like oh and so then he climbs up the the porch slowly and slams the front door on the book over and over again until it finally lets go retreated to him washing his woundy foot in a tub the water turns into pure blood, by the way, which I love. It's like, yeah. blood is coming out of his foot. <laughs> uh, later, Ben hovers outside. It's nighttime now. That was all during the daytime. Now it's nighttime. Ben is doing a, a Dracula float up in his uh, kitchen <laughs> sink window, telling him whatever. And um, he's for like, no reason. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. He's like, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 fine. Um, and then, oh, he's asking for help. That's right. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Monster Julie is there. Oh, that's right, because Eric tried to go to sleep. It's very confusing. I'm sorry. Um, so he tries to go to sleep, and now Monster Julie is there. She's threatening him with a knife while the bear is breaking through his door actively. Um, all of a sudden, now, Monster Julie is Ben, and Ben is telling Eric that he's safe for the moment. So now it's time to go down into the tube sewers, which you might think by that I mean sewers that are tubes. Oh no, it's sewers full of tubes. <laughs> it's very tuby. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they're down there. He's like, yeah, I've been hiding down here for days. And uh, it turns out that the reason they've gone down there is he's left two lengths of chain down there that they need to retrieve. Uh, and, um, then they split up because it would be hard for Eric to get somewhere with his foot all chewed up. Oh, by the way, I, I yeah. love, if I remember correctly, doesn't Ben take the little piece of chain and for Eric with the fucked up foot, he gives him the like 180 pound, you know, like football field length chain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy who just got his foot gnawed off is now going to be carrying the CrossFit chain while, <laughs> while our dream boy Ben deals with the like little thing that you would use to keep your gate closed. 
<laughs> CrossFit chain. Um, but before that can happen, they have to split up because Eric's foot won't let him navigate the tubes. So they split up and then a not real Ben shows up and lures Eric away toward the bear. But then it, that that bad Ben is gone and then the real Ben is there and they both escape the tunnels together. And it's like that didn't happen. Uh, then they break into the university. A lot of time is spent talking about how you can climb this tree to get on an awning to get in through a window to get into the building when it's locked and everyone knows about it so they just do that and didn't need to have talked about it the whole time but yeah. the reason that this is happening is because eric's keys don't work because they're his keys so they won't unlock the doors so then they have to go in and get julie's keys and because they're not eric's keys that means that they'll work because of a dream logic thing yeah okay yeah, and, and of course, while all of this is going on, uh, Ben is carrying the five pounds of Wii chains while Eric is limping around with 200 pounds of 18-wheeler towing chain capacity. <laughs> Wii chains? That's <laughs> um, my rapper name, by the way. Oh, nice! I like that. Um, uh, they finally get the chains to the concrete doors... Uh, start hooking them up and start hoisting the doors up. Uh, earlier, he shoved the fucking thing in there. I don't know. And at this point, Eric's like, wait, before we go through with the plan, what if you gave me some exposition? And so Ben explains <laughs> that when he was nine years old and his parents were dead, he thought he was the only person who knew his name. And because of this, he didn't have time for dreams. And... I'm not skimping on any details there. That is the no. full extent of that moment. And then Eric's like, oh, okay, great. Let's yeah. just continue hoisting the giant, horrible doors. Um, and then at this point, the pink demon bear comes out of nowhere and chomps Eric as the trap door is open. <laughs> and then bowling ball rolls Eric's head towards Ben just to frighten him. Um uh now it's so bad it is it's not one of the more impressive effects uh and then the bear starts menacing towards ben and now ben is treated to a recap of every scary thing from the movie uh, love this in a good movie a nice recap uh, of all the things that we were proud of oh my god he then gets down where the doors would be blocking and the, the bear comes in there with him, and he hits the button, and now the big concrete doors close on top of him and the bear and the little piece of paper are all underneath those doors. Movie over. Yeah, what the... Of, of, I mean, for the, <laughs> amount of, the amount of time that this movie spent padding itself so that it could make it up to 80 minutes runtime... <laughs> They wasted, they, they just got right to the point at the end, which made no fucking sense. Like, they they obviously had way too many ideas. They tried to put too much stuff into this movie. Then they realized that even with all that useless shit that made no sense, 
the movie was probably still like 12 minutes long. <laughs> and so they had to, you know, they, they did all this weird shit like shoehorn a short movie in that was a totally different movie for like the VHS release of this apparently. <laughs> and then they took that out and all, I was like, what? But then you get to the ending and it just, it just ends. It's like, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's so, it's so bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they were go like they were going for dream logic. And and yeah. there are three reasons that they were going for dream logic. One, they were going for dream logic because wouldn't that be cool if we could do a movie <laughs> like that? Yeah. Two, we're going for dream logic because that sounds easier to make a movie a- about. Uh we, yeah, we won't have to worry about some things. And then three because I guess the guy who they or like whoever they got to edit the movie also they knew probably wouldn't be good and and this is what we get from that some slapdash editing yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's not good but it's kind of good at parts like like yeah. it sucks the acting is terrible there are only two actors with any on screen charisma. And it's the two TAs, but they don't have any chemistry together. Like yeah. they, they both can like deliver a line believably, which is more than the rest of this movie has going for it. But they just suck so much together. And so much of their thing is that they're like, he's hitting on her constantly and then kissing. No, it it's feels not very good. forced and unnatural. Like somebody just told them now do this yeah. and make it look like they're into it. Yeah, it's it's weird because this this yeah. <clears throat> obviously this this movie, as we had said, was made not obviously, but the movie was made as a school project. As a school project, it's an it's a radical success. As a, a, yeah, but then this someone along the way was like, you know, wow, man, this movie needs a wide release, and so <laughs> they pitched it, and somebody bought it, like. Somebody was into it and willing to pay money to have this be an actual release. So when you think about it like that, like there's there's a lot of exuberance that maybe went into making it. The film is not particularly exciting, you know, like they're trying maybe too hard to act and, you know. But I mean, those are all just rookie mistakes that people who have never done it before are going to make. And if you consider that they literally just made it so that it could be seen in class... You know, and they probably had fantasized about, wouldn't it be funny if, like, people actually saw this or whatever? Well, it, it turned into that. It's like one of those one in a million situations where white people, you know, who usually don't get anything to go their way in life, <laughs> make a shitty movie, and it gets a broad national release. I mean, it's so rare. That... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is really rare. I mean, how many how many stories do you read about, you know, some filmmaker who put their heart and soul into something that finally gets like a cult following maybe after 30 years and it's fucking brilliant and nobody would bite, yeah. you know? And then these guys come along and they're like, dream logic? And then the dude's like, oh man, I don't think I have enough money to give you to put this out. <laughs> Just throw some tits in and you could have it all. I mean, it's it it is impressive for what it is. It's uh, yeah. it's just oh, it's so hard. They they tried real hard though, and I, I I want to applaud them. Like the dream logic thing, it doesn't work. They, they, I don't feel like they achieved what they were going for. Mm-mm. But it's a really cool try. Yeah, considering what they had to work with, um, 
you know, again, I mean, they're they're just a bunch of white people going to um, one of the nicer universities in the country. I mean, you know, to be able to try to marshal resources like, you know, full on video and sound and editing and all the all those things that they just had right at their fingertips, that had to be tough. Yeah. And so, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, how many people have made a student film and it was, you know, they should have been murdered for it. Like, this movie is a head, head and shoulders above all that. And I'm, I'm glad that it got released because it is, it is a lot of fun. I mean, it's not, it's not great, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's got some real issues that we've covered, but, um, but it was still fun. And, you know, I, I liked a lot of it. There was just a lot of stuff that maybe if it was like a hour long, you know, if it was, that might've made it better. If they just cut out a lot of the bullshit. Yeah. Or had some explanation for, I don't know, like, you know, like have some sort of weird subconscious connection to a bear. Yeah. I mean, why a bear? They never really, they don't explain it at all. It's just a skinless bear. Okay. Yeah. There's just a skinless bear that, uh, and, and there's just a, a titty lady. There's a, a, a janitor with two hook hands that come off. And sometimes it's raining. Yeah, and there's a lot of exploding light bulbs because they really like the way those look. Ooh, uh, that was so cool. <laughs> but you know, I mean, again, it's it's I don't know. It's it, you can't I can't hate a movie like this, but you know, because it's not offensive. If it was, you know, like if the whole premise of the movie is that you know we need to kill all the Jews or something, it'd be like, okay, this yeah. movie is this is awful. Nobody should watch this. You know. There's no redeeming value, but there's nothing horrible like that in it. It's just not a great movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's quite I was an a analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where are you going with that one, John? <laughs> Woo, dig a hole, jump right in. All right. Um, so I I was a little bit uh, I'll say a little bit generous with this movie. I, I, I like the practical effects. I like what they tried to do with it. Um, and I like the way that it fits into the other movies we've been watching. So I was a little generous. I gave it a 2.8 out of five loathsome things. That's, uh, of course, of course, it's a tenth of a point within my score. <laughs> um I, I, that, I would say the exact same thing. I was a little bit generous, although in some categories I went pretty low, but I came up with a 2.9. Nice! <laughs> I, I don't even think it deserves a 2.9. Like, gut reaction, I would say, like, 2.4, 2.5. Yeah. But I have my little criteria that I have to have, and so, you know, I mean, it, it, it hits on some levels, you know, and I'm... I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it like Skinner Marink achieved things that this movie failed to achieve, but you can also see like possibly how this movie was a building block that later things, you know, built yeah. off of. More successful movies with dream logic that are also shitty. <laughs> Maybe Did- those directors saw this. <laughs> Did Jay Waffle go on to make anything else? Did he, he have a did. career in film? 
he he had a, a pretty shitty looking career in film, uh, including. <laughs> so I mentioned that sometimes I get uh, scanners and phantasm mixed up, and there's yes. a third movie that I get mixed up. A uh, movie franchise, sorry, that I get mixed up, and that is the Trancers movie ah, franchise. Yes. Yeah, Jay Wolfel went on to direct Trancers Six. <laughs> Whew. Wow, yeah. that's a okay. Yeah, yeah. For, hey, ready to go, Jay? Yeah, Trancers, yeah. that franchise that I don't really, I don't know what it's about. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of the one through six or more Trancers. <laughs> yeah, but they're definitely available on some of the shittiest streaming services that you can get for free. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> So, John, other than this movie, what have you been watching or enjoying or consuming that has tickled your fancy? Well, I I, I went ahead after all that talk about Shudder and broke down and got Shudder again. Yeah. And uh, because I wanted to see that Mexican film with Sarah, the bone yeah. lady or bone woman, I think. Uh, so I did. I watched that and uh, I enjoyed it. The scary parts are very disturbing, uh, but it's really... The, 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 the whole overall idea is more about um, uh, the, the maternal fear of childbirth and, you know, the, just all the kind of all the kind of the fears that are kind of wrapped up in the experience or the process of childbirth for women, uh, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But it was less overall, less a horror film. It was just kind of you could say it was expressed through the lens of horror. Yeah. And and done very well, but most of the film wasn't really about that. It was more about, you know, these other like this woman's concerns and her anxieties about her, you know, her child coming into the world and does she even want a child? Is she suitable because that was that was never her. She's chosen to, you know, to have a kid because she just thinks that that's what she's supposed to do. She's got her husband and all that stuff. I, I, that's all great. I love all that. And, and it was a good movie. I wish it was more horror movie-ish. But, you know, who's, who's going to claim a movie like that horror? So Yeah. You know. So, hey, great. I'm glad they did. Uh, it's got some extremely disturbing scenes in it. Uh, so, yeah, it was worth a watch. I watched uh, <laughs> the remake of Children of the Corn. Oh, <laughs> how is that? It looks so bad. I haven't watched it. You know, it's... It, yes, it's bad. Um... But I the mean, the girl, original was bad, too, but, you know. The original's really bad. I actually, well, I don't know if I like it more, because now it, the original has that period feel, that, that cheesy throwback thing that's kind of fun. But yeah, um, this movie has better production values. Um, the girl that plays the little evil boy in the other movie, uh, she's great. She's really, really funny, actually. And uh, the gore effects in this movie are fantastic. Ooh. Uh, the creature is terrible, and the movie itself is, you know, it's, it's Children of the Corn plus some added stupid shit about, you know, like, environment and stuff, which is just should not be there. Uh, Outlander! But, uh, but it's worth it for the, it's definitely worth it for the effects. The gore is great. So oh, it was okay. alright. And then I, I was, you know, scrolling through the Shutter stuff, and they had uh, this movie there called The Boogeyman, which I'd heard of before. But I didn't know anything about it. And the picture that they had to accompany it was like this. It looks like a night vision thing, like a green lens. And there's a woman coming through a doorway, and her eyes are kind of glowing with that, like, starlight effect. And it looked really cool. So I was like, well, that's a terrible title, but that picture's cool. 
oh, Uli Lomel made it, who in my mind is, you know, like the go-to guy to make the worst movies ever. He's notorious for making shitty movies. <laughs> and so I started reading about it, and it turns out that this film's like a cult classic and was like the beginning of his horror career and the high point of it, apparently. And uh, I watched it, and it was great. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I found out that that dude is... Well, you know, anyways. So then I they had another one of his movies called uh, The Devonsville Terror. I watched that one, too. That was great. I don't know. What about you? What'd you watch? Um, so I, I also watched some horror-adjacent films. Uh, mm-hmm. th- three relatively new, like, brand new to relatively new horror-adjacent films. Out of the three, so so. One was Renfield, mm-hmm. one was The Northman, oh, and then the third one was the most horrific of the three, which I find very amusing. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Really? I was not expecting it to be like an entire body horror nightmare, but it is tremendous. Like wow. it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like they they there's a, a space station that's made out of flesh and there are like guards that are wearing like weird pulsating flesh bulge armor and nice. like it, it's about mutilated animals like trying to escape and, and they've got like horrible half mechanized bodies and it's it's fucking awesome. Now, I did enjoy Renfield somewhat, you know some elements of it and i also enjoyed the northman it was really fucking good uh but but out of the three i was not expecting guardians of the galaxy to be the most horror-y and it turned out to be oh that's wild i i i haven't seen it yet but i definitely intend to see it especially now that's crazy i would have never guessed that in a million years yeah is uh is gun involved in that one as well is that yeah james gunn's all up in there it, and it got the first f-bomb in the uh marvel cinematic universe oh kudos yeah. for catching up to centuries of humanity <laughs> <laughs> yes and then uh i also for the first time well not for the first time starting it, but for the first time ever finishing it, I watched the movie uh, Phenomena, Dario Argento and yes. uh, Jennifer Connelly. Yes. I started the movie so many times, but then every single time I get to the point where Donald Pleasance has a chimp, yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm out. I'm done with this movie. And so this time I stuck through to the end, and wow, what a great end of a movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not Argento's best, no. uh, uh, but that's only because his best is among the best. But it's still great. That movie is a lot of fun. Phenomena. Yeah, I st- I still hate the whole chimpanzee element of that movie. Yes. Yes. Like I don't know what the fuck is wrong with the guy. He was obviously losing his edge or something. But yeah. uh, but other than that, the the like final twenty movie twenty minutes of that movie just totally kick ass. But also a chimpanzee is there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the best and worst of Italian cinema wrapped up in one movie. Yeah. One one big boogus of a movie. All right, <laughs> so that's been our weeks. In two weeks, we're coming out with a new episode. John, what is that episode going to be covering? The Devonsville Terror by Uli Lomel. <laughs> Nips be poppin'. Oh, um, 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, I don't remember if it was even mentioned in that dark, deviling days of the dark documentary about folk horror. Um, I can't imagine it wasn't since that movie was like 12 hours long, but, uh, I really don't remember that movie being mentioned in there. Maybe it was, but anyways, it certainly fits in that perfectly in that little niche. Um, it has this, this straight, like, clarity to it that's, like, almost, like, made-for-TV, kind of. But then it has these moments that just kick you right in the nards. And uh, and it's I think it's going to be a fun movie to talk about because there's, there's some interesting things going on there that have really never been handled that well in any other movie of any genre, oddly enough. Um, and uh, I was really impressed by that, so... Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. On your recommendation, I watched it, and I've got to say, uh, among all of the things, it's got the single most um, standout, impressive spit scene I've ever seen in my life. Like, they do a thing with spit where I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. Wow. What? Art. (laughs) Way to go, Uli. Uli. Yeah, Uli's, uh, if you look at his directing career, he, in addition to directing, like, the sequels to The Boogeyman, uh, he also has a lot of movies about Adolf Hitler and uh, Eva Braun and stuff. He's like, oh, what, we've watched Adolf. What if Adolf had a summer? (laughs) He's definitely the kind of guy that is just capitalizing on something, but he, either by accident or you know, early on in his career still had some purity. Whatever the reason, he made at least a couple good ones and then went on to just be like, oh, yeah, people like this. We make movie for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just made a bunch of those. Um, he, yeah, he, he went on, like, 2005 was a kick of his, uh, his like, uh, real killer movies. So yeah. in 2005, he directed uh, Uli Lamel's Zodiac Killer, BTK Killer, Green River Killer, Black Dahlia, and Killer Picton. I tried to watch uh, Black Dahlia, and it was fucking terrible. And I was thinking about watching the Zodiac Killer, and I read something about it, and I was like, nope, that's yeah. not happening. No, and that was you. it. Like, And I can't even imagine how he covers Robert Pinkton. That, P- Pinkton. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that story is, man, that's a rough story right there. Yeah. Uh, he... He's got some early work that looks interesting. Tenderness of the Wolves looks interesting. Then there's also a movie called Osgerechnet Bananen. Whoa. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. <laughs> he used to act uh, in, in Vim Vendor's films. Vim Vendor's is, films? Yeah, which I don't know. Are you familiar with Vim Vendor's? But no, but I like it. I like the way it he, sounds. He's a, you know, like, a, he's a German, like, auteur-style director, like Fassbender, you know, or Herzog, or he's part of that generation. And uh, he made Wings of Desire. He made Paris, Texas. Oh, wow. Uh, those were his those were his famous movies. But Lomel was in, was act, acted in some of his movies. Apparently, they were, like, they collaborated together um, on stuff. Lomel even, I forget, we'll talk about it in the next episode. But, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah, he's even he's got more acting credits than he has directing credits. Yeah, yeah, he he was very active right up pretty much up until he died. I guess what a couple years ago. I don't know. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So get 
get your ass back here in two weeks and uh, be prepared to hear the word feminism just kind of bandied about uh, for our next episode. Yeah. yeah, if you don't like wokeism, then you're going to hate this episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, go out there, uh, believe women, Black Lives Matter, and uh, if you are getting angry, go ahead and unsubscribe. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you all have to fight the power. <laughs> That's good.